Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Foreign soil, foreign soil tonight. Away um, game tonight. It's a away game. We put our we put our road jerseys on our road uh, our road blues, and uh, we are actually in the house that Wicklow built. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure: we are at their house uh, because our households were occupied. We both kind of got kicked out. We we got kicked out of our own houses separately for different reasons. Uh, my reason was my wife had some lady friends over, and that sounded like a nightmare to me. Yours was? Very similar situation. She was just on the phone, though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I probably had to just be quiet the whole time. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we chose tonight, this early December night, to jump back into our pod. So what do what we want to do? We want to give some context. Where have we left off? So where we left off was a whole bunch of shit with... Probably every character in the show. Yeah. Because as we know, they burn through a million storylines. They burn through enough storylines for a season of, of a whole show in just that one episode. Correct. Which I loved. It was a, yeah. It's a great time. Yeah. But it's it's exhausting. Now the tank is empty, in a good so way. to speak. Yeah. Tank is empty, but our tank is full. My tank's always full. And I know your tank's full. Always. I'm looking at it right now. Your mm-hmm. meter's on the F. Yeah. On the big F. So... We're going to do two episodes tonight. We left off with, we got to come back down to earth because after that rainy day women episode, I think both of us, we've been on a high. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about this before, but the OC was pretty good at after they bring you up with this huge crescendo of an episode, they kind of mellow it out a little bit with a little bit of a buffer episode. So the one immediately (laughs) following that we're going to talk about for a couple seconds is mall episode. That's a good point. They did do that. They would they would give it's like, you know, a cocaine rush. Yeah. And you know that once you get that ex- insane high from, you know, freebasing a bunch of crack cocaine, mm-hmm. it's high time, no pun intended, to take a little relaxation. Yeah. What you want is more crack cocaine. <laughs> But what's good for you is a nice nap and some tea and maybe just to sleep it off for, for a couple of days. Yeah. So right now, this mall episode, and we keep saying mall episode because that's the name of it. Mall episode. It's, <laughs> it's the mall episode. It's a play on episode and mall. Uh-huh. So that's how you know. This is an episode of the OC that takes place in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> but I was telling you this. I do like, and I remember back to liking these episodes because the when there's lots of drama and chaos going yeah, on obviously it's great tv but i'm stressed out i'm white knuckled i'm on the edge of my seat things aren't working out most of the time and you just kind of, it's chaos it's entertaining but it's exhausting yeah and i kind of like these episodes where it was just kind of nothing's really going on everybody's for the most part in a good mood none of the drama is too dire it's just kind of a nice little nice little fun palate cleanser yeah it's a pal- That's a perfect word for it. It's a palate cleanser. So 
to get into it, and, and we'll, we'll just we'll go through the episode here, we'll spend a little time on it, and then what we want to do is after we, we kind of touch on episode, we'll then jump into where, where the good stuff happens. The good stuff happens in episode 16. That's two after the rainy day, that's after we get back from this little episode, and we get into the blaze of glory, where that has a lot of shit between Ryan and Alex. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking as we were watching that, that we were just going to see a lesbian dude fight. Yeah, no. I mean, I kept thinking that. It was going to, uh, it was going to be, it was getting ugly for a second there. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil anything, so we'll just leave it at that for now, but it was tense. Look, we're Hansel and Gretel, so we're leaving a couple breadcrumbs about this is, you know, a little taste of what we're going to get. Then we're about to get lost in the woods. Exactly. So as we get lost in the woods, the woods are the mall episode. So Ryan's super depressed. He's super depressed because Lindsay just left. I don't know why he's depressed because honestly, Lindsay leaving sounds like about the greatest moment of my life. Yeah, it doesn't really play. So hopefully Ryan's a it's pretty short-lived. Ryan's an idiot. He's depressed. So what do they say? They're like, let's go to the mall to cheer him up. Just get out of the funk. He needs to get out of the house. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Like, you want to get out of the house. I mean... I hate the mall, though. Right. I, every, no, nothing bumps me out more than the mall. It's like time is warped at the mall. When you're at the mall for like 37 minutes, it feels like you've been at the mall for 37 hours. It's exhausting. I think it's the combination of the walking and then the, just the sensory overload for how much noises and people and things are going on. It just drains me. <clears throat> and I never find anything I want at the mall. I always go in there. I've like, I have like a like a, a rush of like, oh my god, it sounds good on paper. There's so <laughs> many stores here. Oh my god, Banana Republic. I buy tons of jeans from there. Uh, Gap, I love their shirts. Uh, b- go back to Banana Republic to get my my hoodies. We're actually co- we're coming up on Christmas right now. It's a couple weeks away, and one of the biggest letdowns is to go with just no list. Yeah, just I'm gonna show, get everyone. You shit. show up at the mall with a bunch of people in mind. You're like, I'm just gonna knock it out today, take care of it, and then it's just just nothing. Nothing good comes to mind. And I think every time I've done that, where I'm like, yeah, dude, all right, finally, fucking Saturday, just gonna go to the mall. I'm gonna crush it. I'm gonna knock it out. And then whenever I get there to that fucking mall, I literally, I don't find anything. I immediately go home after 37 minutes at the mall, and I think, I am a massive failure and letdown. Maybe I've gotten an Auntie Anne's pretzel. Maybe got, I probably got an Auntie Anne's pretzel. I probably just went to finish line because I got overwhelmed with all the different stores at the mall, so I just went to what I know. Yeah, best case scenario, I'll just buy something for myself and, and leave. I would say at least 83% of the time that I go to the mall to buy gifts for other people, I buy nothing for other people, and I only buy stuff for myself. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do the mall episode. There's a couple things you need to know. They're trying to take them to the mall. They're trying to cheer them up. So there's this, I just, it's mainly just there was a couple clips in the mall episode that I really wanted to cover. This first one. Let me set the stage. Mm-hmm. They're like they're locked in in the mall overnight, so they got to spend the night there. They're they're every everyone's gone for the day. Somehow they got locked in. Which, by the way, totally outlandish premise, but I love it. That sounds like an awesome thing to do. That's one of those tropes where I just I let it slide. Yeah, I let it go. I know it makes no fucking pragmatic sense whatsoever. Doesn't but matter. I'm gonna let that one go. 
they get locked in overnight. A little scene between Summer and Marissa, where they're trying on clothes in a back room, and Ryan is for some reason in the vents. Yeah. And why not? Ryan heard Marissa and Summer talking about him behind his back. Get a little eavesdropping. So, okay, let's just play this clip and then you'll see what we're talking about. This is what Summer and Marissa are talking about and Ryan overhears from the vent in the mall. And do you feel that way with Alex? Well, truthfully, I think the only person I've ever really felt that way with is... Yeah. I mean, is it weird being here with him and me and Cohen? No, it's fine. Good. Because I know you're like, you know... Into chicks now and everything, but do you ever think about getting back together with him? I mean, Lindsay's gone now. Yeah, Lindsay's gone. And he's heartbroken. Do you miss him? Every day. Probably feels pretty good to be Ryan in that situation. Has that ever happened to you? Have I ever been in an event and overheard somebody talking about how much they... By, by the way, full disclosure, I will answer your question, but one thing about me that I don't know if you know, I love eavesdropping. Okay. Is that creepy? But I, that's, that, that's watching TV. I like, like live, real life eavesdropping. Okay. Like I'll go, I'll go out to eat. I used to have to travel a lot for work and just be by myself all the time, but I wouldn't really mind the eating dinner by myself part because <laughs> I would just listen to the other people's conversations. <laughs> And I don't consider myself a creep, but I really, really enjoyed that. No, dude, that's not creepy. You'd, you'd rather live vicariously mm-hmm. through yeah. other people's conversations. Yeah, and I didn't have to say anything. I just kind of got the, the nice, and then when I was bored, I'd, I could just check out and leave. Look, if going on a business trip by yourself and going to a restaurant on said business trip and listening to other people's conversations is a fucking crime... Lock me up. Lock you the fuck up. Might as well be in jail. <laughs> Lock you the fuck up. But but outside of that, outside of work, have you ever had that though where you're eavesdropping on someone or you just, they don't know that you're standing around the corner. Let's not say you're being a creep like you are on every, on every business trip. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it happens organically where you're around a corner and you just hear someone saying your name. They don't know you're just naturally standing, you know, somewhat close by. Have you ever heard them talk about you? No, but I would imagine it probably wouldn't be as sweet as... <laughs> yeah. Probably wouldn't be flattering. I've only had it happen to me twice in, in a good my way? entire Was life. Was it a good thing? Both of them turned out to be good. Oh, but I, That's two for two. I'm two for two. But People must really like you behind your back then. I doubt it. I have a very strong feeling that I have gotten insanely lucky on those two instances. Because I am... I am pretty sure that mm, at least 71% of the time that people are talking about me behind my back is to talk about how big of a douche I am. Yeah. At least. I can, I can confirm. I cannot, I cannot say with any certainty that less than two-thirds of the time or three-fourths of the time people are talking about me behind my back is anything other than this guy's a huge piece of shit. Yeah. That's accurate. That's accurate. It just, I got really lucky that those two times I heard it, it happened to be something decent. What'd they say? The first one, I was sitting there at work at my first job. And I was sitting out at my cubicle. 
And it was this guy who was like three levels above me. And I had played basketball with him a bunch of times. And he didn't, the cubicles were so high up that when he walked into his office with this other really high up guy, they didn't see me sitting in my, my bitch peasant fucking, you know, cubicle. So they went in and he's like, oh, would you, where were you guys? What'd you do last night? It's like, oh, I went, I went and played basketball with a couple guys. <laughs> he doesn't know you're listening at this point. You're eavesdropping. He's like, he's like uh, Brian was there and I was like, fuck. I got so nervous because I was like, oh my God, it's happening. This is going to be my moment. This is going to be my OC moment where I, I, someone's going to be talking about me and I'm going to have to just sit here and listen to him talk shit about how bad I suck. <laughs> I'd rather this just happen behind my back. You know? Yeah, where it belongs. Yeah, just all the shit talking about me, just out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I can go on living my life thinking I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, let me live in my own little cloud of, uh, you know, narcissistic, I think I'm sweet. I don't want to know what's actually being said. So, um, so he's like, you know, whatever, he's like, oh yeah, I played basketball with a couple guys, Brian was there, and the guy's like, oh yeah, how, 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 uh, how was that? And he goes... Oh, that guy, he, he's he's better than I thought. He's and I and I, I immediately I'm uncomfortable right now because it feels weird saying compliment like that. But I will attest that happened. I it will happened. attest you are good at basketball, and people don't know this. They 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 think that they think I suck at athletically at everything, but yeah. I'm not bad. Yeah, I'm competent when I get out there. Anyways, I think he had the same feeling. Like, I would say guy, so. We so all right. I'm gonna let you. I'm going to insert this because I know you won't mind me bringing this up. Uh, when we did live in L.A., we played basketball all the time. Yeah. Just one-on-one. We did. I never won. I, yeah. Not, we played probably three times a week. I, I never won a game. So That was fun, uh, That was fun though, because we had no access to get to that. Uh, we played outdoors at a local grade school <laughs> <laughs> in Los Angeles. And by the way, apparently it's impossible to find a basketball to purchase in the city of Los Angeles. No. See, mate, yeah, we drove around the city. God damn, did we drive around a lot and could never fucking find one. Anyways, that was the first time to where... It, my, my main point of that was... So all you got was a he's better than he looked? It was, he was saying, oh, come on, no. come on, don't no. be coy. <laughs> he said, he said, oh yeah, he, he's like, you know, he's, he gets wet. He's, yeah, he's like getting in there, he's night, whatever. So that, by the way, that would be so sweet. It combines my two favorite things, eavesdropping and getting compliments. Yeah. So that's the first time it happened. And then, and then the second time it was funny because it's kind of about this pot, like what we do on this podcast. Where you and I... Ooh, am I going to get a little shine here? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, this isn't about you, dude. Um, what, what happened was, is I was at this work thing, and someone asked me about, like, some garbage show. Like, I don't know if it was the OC, or it was some TV show, some garbage, like, reality show. A lot of the dudes, this is at a work thing, so you got a lot of the dudes who are like that, that got brought up by some girls, and a lot of the dudes are like, what? Huh? Fuck that. Bachelor? What's Bachelor? Fucking lame. Lame. I only watch monster truck shows. Shows about guys getting fucked up and drunk and beating ass. And sports. And and I was like, well, you guys are fucking lame as shit. Because Bachelor is the greatest show ever created in human history. That's, that's just fact. That's a fact. I said that. And then I kind of turned and walked away. 
And then someone, this, this old lady just kind of like smirked, gave like a, <laughs> that guy. And so I, I was immediately thinking like, God, I could still hear what she was talking about. So I was immediately thinking she was going to be like, damn, that guy is such a fucking loser. <laughs> but to my, to my nice surprise, she was like, I got to give him this. He just doesn't give a shit. There you go. He just doesn't care. He has his <laughs> he has his things that he's into, and he just kind of goes all in. Yeah. Hey. And it it felt so good to hear that because again, I was expecting just immediately to get shit on, and then for her to just be like, "Look, and what can you say? He's just." That is who he is. He's on brand. He's not going off brand. So I was like, I thank you. I couldn't agree more with her. Yeah. I, I would say that it's never happened to me in recent memory or any time I can think of. But that would be the purest form of a compliment. Because if somebody gives it to your face, it's A, it's awkward because then you have to accept it, which yep. is the worst. You somehow have to kind of like take it in and, and not look like a dick. And then also, they might be expecting a compliment back. That's probably why they said it. Yeah. Or it's like, there's like, it's loaded with other social things to where maybe they want you to think they're a good person. Yeah. So they're saying something nice to you. But if you don't know about it and it's just behind your back, it's just this pure nugget of little injection of little, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Scott's good at basketball. Look, I love tooting my own horn, but I do get way uncomfortable if anyone ever says anything to me. I don't like that. Just talking about it now makes me feel weird. I, I, I do it enough for myself. Was it weird when I said you were good at basketball? Yeah, I immediately felt really weird about that. Yeah, I could, I could tell. I, I, up. I literally am good on my self-esteem. So to your point about um, the, the question, the thing that made, like in, at work, the number one thing that makes me the most upset is if a boss sends a mass email out to like, a huge, the, the big, broader team that you're on or whatever of like hundreds of people or, or, you know, whatever. And says like, I just want to call out Pat for this, this example of synergy. I just want to call Pat out for the synergies that he put forth in this example. He went into this customer and he did this. So big congrats to Pat. I hate that. I never want that. If I ever get a compliment, I want it to be exactly like those two times that that's happened to me. Those are the only compliments. So I... you'd want him to like BCC you? So like you don't know that it went out, but everybody else did? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what BCC is. I only CC people. Oh, What's well, a BCC? That's a blind CC. Does that mean you're on it? You don't know who's going out to. I want it to only be to me and no one else. My point is... I'm good on boosting myself up. I'll prop myself up all the time. I don't need anyone else for that. <laughs> so I wanted either organically, like I accidentally, like these two times in the 31 years that I've been alive, I've heard compliments about me behind my back. I either want it to happen like that or you never hear anything from the boss, but your boss's boss comes up to you one-on-one -on -one, like later. Oh, like so you get it like through later. the grapevine? Okay, okay, two okay. months later. Your boss's boss comes up to you and she goes, hey, I've heard you've been doing a really good job. And that like, does feel good. And I you're like, say, there's something about the once removed compliment. Yeah. And you're like, what? What? I, I know nothing about this. Do you what know do what you the best once removed compliment that exists? And this probably the ship has sailed for us. 
it's mostly a grade school thing. Yeah. Is oh so and so likes you. Oh. So and so thinks you're cute. So and so you you know here's so and so's number. They want you to. It wouldn't be number. It would be their aim. Yes. Yeah. So and so here's so and so's instant <laughs> message handle. Get at them. Yeah. <laughs> get, get at them. <laughs> I think uh, I I don't think I don't think the once removed compliment gets enough credit. Uh, yes, I agree. I think I just. I give it to me organically, I think is my main point. So either I overhear it because I'm like you on a work trip and I'm a creep, or let me hear it from someone else. But what I don't want is you saying it to my face ever, or you saying it to a big group of people. And then it seems like to me, you seem like you're doing this for you. (laughs) You seem like you're propping me up so everyone else knows you're like such a good leader and stuff. Fuck you. Yeah, that's what it is. All right, let's get back to the OC. Let's put a pin in that. Pin in that. Let me just say there's a couple other things I want to hit on. One would be, what does this mean to you? Porn identity. Me personally? Just when I say that. Mm, In in the the context context of the OC? Yeah. um, That would be a pornographic film done in the 80s featuring a young Julie Cooper. Correct. That is correct. So the, the only other lo- thing I want to discuss as we finish out, as we round out this, um, this, this small episode, is that we are introduced to a storyline of Julie Cooper, you know, dabbling in some, some pornographic mm-hmm. content in, in somewhere in the 80s. Somewhere in the 80s, she filmed a <clears throat> porn movie, or porno, if you will, uh, <laughs> called The Porn Identity, where she, somehow, she gets a head injury and she has amnesia and can't remember anything. Yeah. And they, 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 what was awesome to us is to see, and they have some, they have some skeezy guy come back into town who's like, I've got this footage, I've got this footage of you, back in the day, doing porn, Julie. That's a great Lance impression, actually. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> by the way, just real quick, I don't know if they're based on books. You might know this, but would, had the Born Identity even come out oh, back yeah. when she would have done this? Yeah. Yeah. Are because- this based on books? And they're, they are based on books, but I'm sure that this, it wasn't mainstream, as mainstream until the movies came out. The first movie came out, and like, I think uh, it's either 1999 or 2001 that the first movie came out. Second movie came out in like 2004. So yeah. There so was like least, back in the 80s when she had done those porn movies, that book had existed at least. Because oh, obviously yeah, the interesting. Pre- predates the Matt Damon movie. That's interesting. It, yeah, the, the porn identity would predate that. But maybe what he did, maybe what Lance was doing, this... this oh, you know, he repackaged it. Yeah. He with took a new the, spiffy name. Okay. Because Lance has been sitting on 25 years of, of Julie Cooper nude footage mm-hmm. without anything to do with it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she's now married to Newport's Man of the Year, our hero. That's a business opportunity Caleb right there. Nickel, business opportunity. And so what Lance is doing, being the fucking... He's like titan a, of industry? Yeah. What this <laughs> titan of industry, of the porn industry, Lance is doing, is he's saying, hey, you know what? I'm sitting on a gold mine here. And then he repackaged it, dug up that old VHS footage, and packaged it into the porn identity. Because all that porn was, was Julie Cooper uh, just had a bandage on her head, mm-hmm. headband, and she just said, oh, I have amnesia. Now let's have sex. 
and then he called it the Bourne Identity just because Matt Damon, Jason Bourne, happens to have amnesia at the beginning of the Bourne Identity. And porn, as you pointed out, rhymes with yeah. Bourne. So. Rhymes totally. Um, okay, last thing. Just one more clip from the mall episode, and then we'll move on, on to the good stuff. I just want to play this clip. We're talking about Julie Cooper. She has this scene where she shits on Alex, and... Full disclosure, Julie Cooper has not had many storylines in this season, I don't think. No. She's not getting her due. She deserves better than that. Pat's winking at me, like, in a, a sexual way, so I think you're talking about the porn. Right? You'll see what I'm talking about a little later. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so, Julie Cooper. Shitting on Alex in that scene was amazing. So we're going to play a clip of her shitting on Alex, Olivia Wilde. Here it is. I guess I'm not the only one she lies to, huh? I know my daughter. I only let her go with you because I knew it was a matter of time before she came back. As much as Marissa likes to complain, she had a very nice life thanks to me. One she'll miss once the novelty wears off, which I'm guessing is about now. Marissa's not happy. Alex, you are this week's yard guy. Marissa's latest drama, weapon of torture to inflict against me. You don't know that? Yeah, honey, I do. Marissa's only been in love once, and he looked a whole lot different in a wife beater. That was so cutting. That was really nice, well done. It was like one of those YouTube videos where it's just some nerd with a really sharp sword, throwing fruit up in the air and just slicing it mm. in slow motion. She just snip, snip. Yeah, I mean that. Except meaner. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The thing is, is that anytime you're about to forget that Julie Cooper's the biggest bitch in the county of Orange, don't, because she is. Anytime a badass girl comes into the picture, it's like, hey, you know what? Now fuck you. I'm the main bitch in this county of Orange, bitch. Yeah, and I love it. Great. Last thing I'll say about this small episode, I just, for, I just remembered this. Are you interested in hearing a fun fact about what I've seen in my extensive research on this show? Yeah, man. This is not from director's commentary episodes, because obviously they would never put the mall episode as a Schwartz director's commentary. They would never have him come in for that. He's probably out getting ready to you know, produce, then direct and produce the next Lord of the Rings trilogy. Is that guy's killing it? Pete Jackson? No. Schwartz. I would like to see a Pete Jackson, like, reboot of the OC. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Schwartz redo the Lord of the Rings bullshit. That could be cool. <laughs> I mean, if that ever happens, we're obviously doing a podcast and the whole thing. Quick, quick fun fact about Pat. Lord of the Rings is, like, his favorite trilogy of all time. Yeah, I would say. That's where you get his passion, his mm-hmm. real passion. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I do want to say, though, in my extensive research, outside of listening to the director's commentaries, I've also seen all the bloopers for all the seasons of the OC. One of the reasons why I love Adam Brody so much is there's a scene when they're all in the car heading to the diner at the end of episode, And they're all in there, the four of them, the four musketeers. Four Musketeers are back together again. And there's a lot of bloopers from that car scene because Adam Brody's improv skills are just through the roof. 
as we know. And what he would always do in those scenes in the car, that they kept showing it on the blooper, Schwartz would be like, okay, and scene 55, take one, action. And then Seth just would keep going like, oh, summer. It's not funny anymore. Stop farting. <laughs> just keep doing that. Oh, God. Like, they would, it would be like, scene 34, take 15. You can tell the actors are starting to get a little worn down by how many takes. And then Adam Brody would be like, all right, Summer, I've said it a bunch of times already. Stop farting. It's a small car. And, uh, it was just, it, you, every, every actor would be so pissed and it would just be like, God damn, that's the Seth we know and love. Keeping it light on the set. Okay, um... Should we get into the, the good stuff? Why not? All right. Follow, good thing we followed that trail of uh, breadcrumbs back. Mm-hmm. We're out of the woods at the mall episode. Yep. Now let's go, I guess, what will be next? We Blaze of eat, Glory. Eaten by the witch. Eaten by the witch. We followed the breadcrumbs, and we're about to be murdered All by right. the witch. All right. Okay, I want to start off Blaze of Glory. There is a bonfire pep rally. The whole premise of this episode is Marissa is apparently the only organizer of school extracurricular functions in the entire Newport High School scene. She's got to put forth a bonfire pep rally. Kind of dangerous, if you ask me. Or the bonfire? Gigantic fire. Yeah. Insurance uh, nightmare. Through the roof. Mm -hmm. Marissa Cooper in charge. Yeah. Yeah, so there's... So there's this uh, bonfire pep rally that she's gearing up for. What has she got to do? She's got to get Ryan a little involved. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, because he knows a little something about architecture. Mm-hmm. And she's building a bonfire. Mm-hmm. She wants to be spectacular. She just needs a little help putting that together for safety. Ryan's um, apparently like the greatest architecture prodigy in the entire county of Orange. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've learned. So... She's having Ryan help her with that. What's happening is, is Alex, Olivia Wilde, starting to get a little jealous. And it's become very clear to us. We already played the clip, the Julie Cooper clip of clearly Alex is getting a little unsteady with what's going on with Marissa. Mm-hmm. She's feeling it. She's feeling her slip a little bit. And Julie's shitting on her. And then now, like, you know, she's trying to hang out with Marissa a lot. But Marissa's still in high school. And now she's getting Ryan involved. Her ex. By the way, I think we should mention that behind the scenes with all this, Seth is playing Master Puppeteer. Yes. He's kind of architecting, uh, while Ryan's architecting the fire, Mm -hmm. Seth is architecting him and Marissa. You like that? I like what you did there. Mm -hmm. He's architecting him and Marissa to get back together so the whole band can be back together in the the famous foursome. The The Four Musketeers. Fat four, whatever you want to call him. But all we know is this. Seth Cohen has no other fucking friends. So he sees an opportunity to get, you know, three friends in his life. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I got to jump on this opportunity. So yes, I think it's like a confluence of events. You have, that's really pissing Alex off, like I was saying. You have Julie Cooper starting to notice. And when when Julie Cooper smells blood, Mm. it's... Oh, she is a shark. Oh, God. It's, yeah, it's a shark. In wa- it's fucking Jaws, Yeah, dude. you cannot show her one weakness or else she'll she'll just go for you. Oh, dude, she reminds me of Michael Jordan. Like, they always had those stories about, like, don't talk shit to MJ. I don't know why you're winking at me again. You'll find out. She, 
Okay. They always said, don't talk shit to Michael Jordan. Because if you ever did, it's like waking up a sl- like a sleeping giant. That's how I always feel about Julie Cooper. Don't show her weakness. Don't talk shit to her. Like, don't get her engaged. Avoid her. Leave her be. She's the biggest bitch ever in history of don't, bitches. Don't poke the hornet's nest. Don't poke don't the poke hornet's it. nest. Don't wake that sleeping giant. Just let her fucking be. So Alex is doing that. And then also, like I was saying, it's all coming together. Perfect storm. Seth is trying to get Ryan to get back with Marissa because this is only friends. And then Ryan, you know, he's an architect prodigy. So he's trying to work with Marissa to get his architecture skills going. (laughs) (laughs) He's also trying to get his mind off Lindsay still. He just needs a little bit. He just needs something to do. Whatever, dude. But it seems like she's kind of already old news at this point. I don't care about Lindsay. She just makes me want to fucking vomit. I'm so glad she's gone. God. Anyways, um, so they're getting the bonfire going. There was a scene. I just, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't take a quick sidetrack here and talk about Sandy, the Sandman. He's showing Kirsten how to golf in a scene. And um, I thought of two things. One, showing a girl how to golf is the fucking worst yeah um no offense to all of our female listeners no offense um but yeah i i don't know if it's specific to golf because i've seen this too just they don't like tips like if i'm playing golf Whoa. and i'm playing with i know isn't that that paints a pretty big blanket i wasn't gonna go that big i was just gonna isn't say that terrible of me to say <laughs> you're a dick i feel like i've dug myself in a hole now here's what i'll say if i'm playing golf and i'm playing with somebody who I feel knows a little bit more about golf than me. And they're like, hey, why don't you uh, yeah. put the ball up in your stance a little bit? Like, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe you should... Fix your grip, bitch. Something, just like some little tip. I always try it. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, let me try. And if I hit that shot good, it's just like everybody wins. They feel good mm. because they've, they've yoded me. They've yoded you. They've yoded me. I feel good because I hit a good shot. Um, yeah, win-win. That's what we call in the biz. Win-win. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so, so uh, intern Whitney w- like refuses to play golf because she doesn't like tips. Yeah, so here's here's look, here's <laughs> the thing. We understand. Um, growing up, I lived next door to one of my good friends was a girl who played golf, and she was probably the greatest golfer I've ever seen in my life. So we know that we'd probably get our ass beat by a lot of lady golfers. But what I will also say is that in both of our situations with our significant others. They are not open to golf tips. No golf tips. Yeah, <laughs> so, that, my comment was not to say that girls cannot be good at golf. Pat hates all women. It's clear. Pat hates all women. I want that to go on record. Cats out of the bag. He Cats hates out of the bag. all women. He's a womanizer. <laughs> 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 fuck Anna Sorenstein, Annika Sorenstein. Uh, fuck the Williams sisters. <laughs> um, anyways, back to the Sandy teaching her about golf. It did remind me about being the worst thing ever because my wife, Anna, does not play golf. When I took her golfing in the Bahamas last time we went there, she, like you said, was not very open to tips. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's a lady golf thing. I think it's more about if your significant other doesn't know how to do something and you know how to do it and you're trying to give tips, watch that you don't get your dick bitten off. (laughs) Not in a good way. In in the bad way to get your dick beaten off. You know? Yeah, some and, some people just don't like tips. I mean, I was sitting there telling her she's left-handed. My wife is left-handed, 
and she was trying to play with right-handed clubs. We went to we had to rent clubs at, at the at the clubhouse, and she was like, "I was like, oh, your left left left-handed clubs are her." And she's like, "No, I'll just use the right ones." I mean, it's smart by her. If she can learn how to play golf right-handed, that probably saves her a lot of trouble. She's trying to be Deion Sanders out there, dude. (laughs) Fucking batting left-handed and right-handed. I was like, just get the left-handed clubs. Anyways, um, so Sandy's trying to teach Kirsten golf. My main point of this, though, was not to shit on all of our lady listeners, because we love the ladies. Hmm. But what I will say, though, is that Sandy needs to never wear short-sleeve shirts. Ooh. I didn't see that coming, but I agree. Yeah. Sandy's forearms look very similar to Robin Williams' knuckles. I would say so. I mean... I'm just thinking of the the joke from... (laughs) (laughs) From Knocked Up Now. But you're right. (laughs) Robin Williams, R.I.P. R.I.P. Has the hairiest knuckles in human history. He essentially looks like a Neanderthal... Some homo sapien type of guy from back in the BC times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait. So in your mind, anytime BC is, is caveman times, I think it yeah. goes prehistory BC AD. I don't know, dude, but Sandy's got hairy knuckles. And yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Sandy's got not hairy knuckles. Sandy has hairy forearms. And, and if I were him and I were golfing, if I if when I go to that said clubhouse before I get out there, you know, to knock it around on the on the course, the girl behind the counter needs to do her job and say, "Hey, bud, we got some windbreakers in the back <laughs> hanging up. If you want one, it's a little bit more expensive because you're buying it at the clubhouse instead of like a Dick Sporting Goods, but a 20, it's probably well worth it for you." There's a twenty percent markup buying this windbreaker here at the, at the course clubhouse. But honestly, for the good of all human beings out on that golf course with you, it needs to be covered up. It, get, cover those up. Fuck. Um, okay. So, there's this new guy, Carter, in the picture. And it's coming right on the heels of Sandy fucking around with uh, this wet blanket Rebecca chick. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're like, you know what? When, what Schwartz is doing is he's like... Well, I got Sandy a little taste of what outside of marital bliss tastes like. So why don't I now give Kirsten a taste? Mm-hmm. So there's this guy who's starting to work at Kirsten's company. A little extra dick into the pit, into the fold. Yeah, and I'll let you describe him, but uh, could we say that Kirsten has a type? Oh, what's that? Brunette uh, guy? Brunette guy, a little bit of a rebel. Kind of doesn't play by society's rules. Oh, Um, yeah. But, like, cool. Like, I say cool. But this guy, I feel like he's a little edgier than Sandy. He's an edgier version of Sandy, but he's he's the exact type, you're right, of, like, this altruistic, always on a pedestal. Doesn't know what life is like off of a pedestal. Sandy, like, yeah, definitely. So, like, Sandy loves, like, crooner-type music, but he's kind of lives outside of the OC society like he's above that whereas this guy's like I listen to the Pixies I'm a badass I don't even show up to work kind of yeah like rebel so she's like 
ooh, I like what Sandy brings to the table, but this guy's just a little bit more potent, and I'm liking it. Yeah, she likes that, and what they what they do to make him seem a little different so you know he's different than Sandy is he starts growing out a beard. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so he's like a bearded Sandy Cohen. Yeah, it's, it's funny because now that I full-on hate Sandy, as we know, I was just, I'm thinking like, hey, Sandy, great. Like, you know, for a guy who is way above and cooler than... All like the, the 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 constraints of society, you know, like hey, fuck that, fuck the norm. He's pretty satisfied and okay though, in driving a like a BMW around and right. living in the county of Orange in a sixteen million dollar house that Kirsten makes for him. It's like I get it, you're you're all too good for everything and all that, but why don't you really live it out and just go live like out on the curb he's pretty straight laced for how big of a badass he seems in his mind yeah i just wanted to to, hey you're such like a hippie like you know do good i I don't like really i don't discipline i don't have any like structure and rules and all this stuff just like hey fly by the seat of your pants man if that's you how about you fucking get rid of go go get like a beat up old piece of shit car wow challenge challenge put down in front of sanford i don't like him anymore I haven't noticed. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so there's that guy. Carter's into the picture now. He, you'll see as we go along, him and Kirsten are going to have, they're going to be dabbling. They're going to yeah. be dabbling. Mm-hmm. Kirsten, oh, by the way, Kirsten took her wedding ring off during her fight with Sandy, was so uncomfortable of how switched on she was at her first meeting with Carter, she came home and put the ring back on. Oh, like it was so taboo, it was almost too much Yeah, for. she's like, I'm doing this thing as like a protest because I'm mad at Sandy, but yeah, now I just feel guilty about it because I actually do got feelings for this guy. Oh, yeah, I, that's I forget, good. Did he call her out on it? Was he like, oh, you don't No, wanna... he was just like, We're, you're not wearing a, a, a wedding ring right. or something. Yeah. That's that's a really good point because I didn't even think Thanks. about that, um, about like, oh, yeah, she had her wedding ring off because she was pissed at Sandy. And if she genuinely lost her ring or she just forgot to put it on that day, like sometimes I don't wear my wedding ring and stuff. Right now, I don't have it on. It's just two dudes hanging out in the house. I don't like wearing it. Yeah, no tension. I know I'm in the minority. A little bit of tension, but not too too much. Yeah. So, but you could tell, like you're spot on because she was having feelings and it was like, oh shit, now. Feel guilty about not wearing the ring. Yeah, because now she needs to make an underpant change. Mm Mm-hmm. On this new Carter guy. So it's like, not only do I need to go to my room to change my underpants. While I'm there, ring back on. Yeah. It's my safety blanket. Yeah. Um, so that's going on with, with her. I just want to give um, another self-awareness alert on this. As we were talking about last week, this show has become so self-aware about like the success that they've had. And whatever criticism they're getting outside of the show they're now calling it out. So if you recall in season two, there started to be some juice on the interwebs about it's not, you know, there's always like trolls out there. Like it's not as good as season one. Oh, with anything. Yeah. The first albums, that's their best work. You know, kind of, they sold out. That's probably what's going to happen to our podcast. Honestly. So So do you think right now we're doing our best work? Yeah. And then eventually at some point when we get the mansions, from all the podcast money. Yeah. It'll just, we'll be mailing it in. Well, I think what's going to happen is, is we'll still be delivering, you know, the good stuff. But I think what, we'll have so much juice out there that like by the time we get to like Friday Night Lights or something, 
the the people, the trolls on Twitter and everywhere. We'll have a target on our back. We'll have a target on at us. I yeah. see. Right. And they'll we'll be s- they'll be like, oh, it's not as good as the OC was when they did the OC. You know. Right. Let's cherish this moment and steal ourselves for that. Let's we'll be cherish this. Hey, trolls. Fuck you. We'll be ready. By the way, trolls, if you do want to get at us, why don't you give that out? Um, our contact would be vicariouslivingpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Yep. And seriously, trolls, if you want to listen, that's totally cool with us. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love it. Um, okay, so they've become so self-aware that as they're in this episode, they're like, Seth is sitting there and he's talking to his toy horse, Captain Oates. He's watching the Valley, their version of the OC. And he's like, you see Oates? Season one was just better. It was just so much better than season two. And that's kind of like Schwartz. Just, you know. Taking the air out of it. He's giving it to us. Yeah. He also said like, he said, oh, and that character, Scott or whoever, he's pissed off and grumpy all the time now. And I think that's because Seth was taking heat in season two for being a lot more like grumpy than he was in season one. That was, that was the last thing I had about self-awareness. Um, the next thing was Alex. She's fighting. She's, she's just, she's on edge. She's all over the place. Yeah. So I want to, I want to bring in our next clip because there was this moment where Ryan is, you know, hanging out at Alex and now subsequently Marissa's place. Cause she's bunking up at Alex's apartment and Ryan shows up. And as he's leaving, Alex is just out there drinking drinking beers in her Jeep Wrangler, waiting for him to leave so she can beat his ass because she's like, fucking, fuck this. So then there's this clip. Hey, what's hit me? I'm sorry, I'll try again. What do you think you're doing? Let me try to put it in a way you'll understand. Stay away from her. There's nothing going on. What are you talking about? Studying late together? Sharing a sleeping bag? Yeah, there's nothing going on at all, Ryan. Hey, hey. Listen to me. No, no, no. You listen to me. Don't go near my girlfriend again. You understand me now? Walk away. What do you do in these situations? This girl is pushing you and she's like, fucking hit me, bitch. And you're like, and then he does get to the point though where he's like, walk away. Fucking walk away, lady. Would that play in 2018? I don't think so. It was pretty aggressive. Yeah. I mean, but then on the flip side, I'm like, what are you supposed to do if you're Ryan? I think you just get punched. If you find yourself in that situation, you might just have to take a little punch. But he didn't do it. He didn't touch her. But he did. He got he got real close and he said, walk away. Yeah. I know. I, I was like, ooh, are you going to say that? That seemed like a threat. He definitely threatened violence on her. Yeah. Did you say that? Uh, yeah. But again, it's 04, so different times. Just different I think times. I would just run away. Like if I, if I got Alex so mad... That she was about to beat me up. She <laughs> just starts sprinting. I think, yeah, I think your only option is just to just run away as yeah. fast as you can. Turn into Forrest Gump and you just hightail it out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, this leads me to a fun fact I was just thinking about. Do you know that Seth actually, he screen tested and interviewed for the Ryan role? You may have told me that before. 
Yeah, he he'd he, be a terrible Ryan. He went in there, and I was again. This is straight from from God's mouth to to our ears. And when I say God's mouth to our ears, I mean Schwartz's mouth to our ears. Nice. And he was saying, yeah, he hated Adam Brody so much when he came in. Like he was such a pompous like douche. And he came in and he interviewed for Ryan's role and he was looking at him and it's like, dude, you weigh like a buck 25 soaking wet. No, I, I can't have you as pass. This. Yeah, pass. And so, but then eventually he won him over for this Seth character. And now I can't imagine anyone else playing Seth. No, it'd be impossible. I mean, I don't even see like Brad Pitt or. Can you try? Are there any other actors or comedians that might be a good Seth? Like a Leo DiCaprio, but even that, I don't see it. <laughs> it'd be a different show. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a totally different show. Leo would be a fucking unreal Ryan. Is he badass enough, Leo? Departed Leo, as Ryan. Yeah. It'd be unreal. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, anyone could have played that Ben Buttons McKenzie role. <laughs> so we don't even need to go to the Leo level. Um, okay, I just want to give a couple points on Sandy. We haven't spent as much time on him as he probably deserves. Okay, first point on Sandy. Has he just kept every magazine he's ever owned? Apparently. Because not only magazine, but if you... So what you're t- alluding to is that the badass guy that Kirsten is flirting with and is also... He is her magazine editor for the Newport Group. Carter. Carter. He, back in his day, I'm assuming back in college or around there, he had like a kind of um, out there magazine that Sandy apparently loved. And apparently he just has a box full of them in the garage, this old <laughs> magazine. Yeah, he's never, it, I mean, he shouldn't have been on the OC. He should have just been featured on the show Hoarders. Yeah. Pearson's like, well, do you do you have any of those magazines laying around? He's like, oh yeah, it's in the box in the garage. I'll find it. My mind jumped to like, how big is this garage, and how much other stuff is there? Yeah, because if you're keeping old magazines, then you got you literally got every trophy that you won in grade school, every condom you've ever used with sexual intercourse. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you got it all, (laughs) and that's billions and billions of dried up semen's. Yeah. So. With all those magazines from college. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what else he would have kept. That's a big garage. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was my first point is, yeah, so Carter Carter wrote a magazine. That's why we know him and Sandy are so similar because he wrote this magazine called The Revolution or mm-hmm. something, Revolutionist or something, um, f- back in college. Again, why Kirsten's all jacked up on him. And uh, yeah, that's how that's how Sandy knew who Carter was when she mentioned magazine. Yeah, another thing I thought is maybe Sandy again in my ongoing quest to just soil Sandy Cohen's name and make everyone hate him as much as I do now. Maybe he's not as great of a lawyer as we thought because I don't know if you're going to have to have some evidence for this because okay, here's the thing: we were talking about the porn identity that Julie Cooper was in. Back Mm -hmm. in the 80s. This Lance guy has resurfaced and he's like threatening if she doesn't pay him $500,000 that she's going to release. She's going to release it now that she's the the wife of Newport's man of the year, Caleb Hero Nickel. And so in doing so, she turns to Sandy because she knows why, why pay 100 grand for a lawyer and have this go away immediately when you can work with a public defender Mm -hmm. and have this not go away. Because I don't think he's got good skills. He, 
The only thing he says is that when Julie goes to visit Sandy and see, hey, what'd you find? Can you get, can you get uh, this to go away? He's like, my hands are tied, Julie. Lance owns the rights to the DVD, and you were technically a consenting adult at the time. So yeah. my hands are tied. I feel like his hands weren't tied. There's nothing else? I if literally you're... know nothing about the law, but I feel like there's None. something against like like um, blackmailing someone. I don't think you could do that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems like, okay, if you are the best lawyer in the county of Orange and the only lawyer in the county of Orange, which we've realized, there's no like loophole you can find here? Something. Over this like skeevy dude who just like, you know, is clearly white trash, staying at a flea bag inn. God damn, Sandy. Like, get your get your lawyer skills up. At the very least, it wasn't comforting. He's just kind of like, all right, as your lawyer, I'm going to tell you that um, you're screwed. Yeah. In this case, on film in the 80s. Yeah. Another thing I was, I was thinking as, you know, we're going back, back and forth from Sandy and Kirsten and, and this, this tug of war on who can have the shittier outside situation with cheating kind of thing. I was thinking about it because Kirsten goes to work really late at night, if you recall. And Carter's just there. And he's just at the office at like 10 o'clock at night. And she's there burning the midnight oil too. And I was thinking, is it a prerequisite or it's just built into if you're ever at the workplace at like 10 at night, it just leads to an undercurrent of sexual tension with whoever else is in the building? Ooh, that's a good question. I've never been at work. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't know. Because, I've never uh, <laughs> been at work past maybe like six or seven. So, I haven't been at work past five oh one. I'd assume it turns up a little bit. Yeah, so it's amazing. Like maybe it makes me like maybe I should stay late past five oh one, like just once in my life, mm-hmm. to just see like, does it all of a sudden just like wow with anyone the janitor. Like, the, the girl who comes in to water the plants when everyone leaves. She's like, oh my, are those new khakis, Brian? Oh my god, Brian. Are those dockers? Like these? Did you get the tapered fit or the athletic skinny fit? Either way, your dick bulge looks amazing, Brian. <laughs> like, is that what it would turn into? Probably. And I'd be like, oh, whoa. Let's just call the plant lady, like... Michelle, Michelle, are you using that extra good plant feed in your watering skills? Because I think I'm turned up just looking at you pour that water in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So we'll have to just, that'll be research, I guess, we'll do for we'll the pod. We'll look into it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to stay at work past five. Yeah. And we'll see. Maybe. I mean, that might be a long-term goal because I don't see either of us doing that through the back of 2018, but maybe as we get into 2019, we'll find one day that we stay past 501. Um, Okay, it's high time to get into our fine sponsors. Again, they're being pushed to the end, but I wanted to wait to shit on Marissa until the very end because honestly, I think I'm just going to get too revved up and then I, I wouldn't have been able to do my due diligence and do my duty throughout the rest of this podcast accurately if I was all revved up on how much she sucks. So it's at the end. But again, this is going to be an exciting one because we have a real special treat. 
Do we ever. Okay, so this is our MCITW of the week. Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. And again, it is brought to you by our fine sponsors at Wicklow Wear. That's W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com. Not only do we have the special type in VL into the promo code, get 10% off your, your order for the holidays. We're now spiking that up to 30% off. I didn't hear that. Yes. Can you say it again just because I don't? I might be a little too far away from you. Sure. I sure can. 30% off your order. You type in VL into the promo code at checkout. Damn. 30% off between December 11th and December 23rd. Ends on December 23rd, right in time for the holidays. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking for gifts for loved ones, you pop onto Wicklow where... You get the goods, you type in VL, 30% off. It's essentially you're getting it for free. They're giving it away for free. It's good stuff. Okay, Marissa Cooper, making making us want to kill ourselves once again. I don't like that Marissa is making us turn on our favorite girl of all time. This is is Alex's, Olivia Wilde's last episode, I'm pretty sure, because she gets into a fight with Ryan and... It's just clear at the end of it, you know, she starts to bring like her her fucking dudes, her friends from jail around to beat Ryan's ass. And then like Ryan has this sweet line. Fuck. I got to play. I got to play the sweet line. I just got to play. play it. It's good stuff. I'll play it right here. Where is she? She's at her little bonfire. All right. I don't know. You remember what I told you last night. You stay away from her. Or what? You want to find out? Sure. You go down there. It's on. Great. You know, this sort of thing used to be my specialty. Oh, little word of advice. You gotta work this hard. It's not working. Hey, you know what? If you gotta work this hard, it's not working. Yeah, it's nice. Dude, she's getting slammed all episode. Mmm, god damn. That, that was such a good line by Ryan. So anyways, um, they've been going back and forth. At the end of this, Alex, she comes to and she just realizes it's not working with Marissa. Marissa's, Marissa's in high school. She loves Ryan still. She doesn't look as good as in wife beaters. And my, the reason why Marissa's the worst this week, though, is because I hate that as we're watching this, we're turning on her. Olivia Wilde. Oh, yeah, you're right. She, and does, she becomes the villain in this episode. And I don't like that. Because we love her. We're obsessed with her. And she, well, it, she becomes the villain just like everybody that tries to date Marissa becomes the villain eventually. I know. Because like Ryan, he's got a heart of gold, literally doesn't do anything bad. Dates Marissa, all of a sudden like he's starting to look like a psychopath. He's sneaking into school yeah. and all that shit. She turned Johnny into a psychopath in season three. Yeah. She, she made Oliver. I mean, he was already crazy as fuck, but she, she kind of... turned it up. She turned it up. <laughs> turned it up. Luke turned crazy as shit. Yeah. So uh, Olivia Wilde starts off cool as a cucumber, unflappable, just like making Cohen look uh, like he's a, a freak for being like in, interested in a girl at all. Yeah. To all of a sudden she's wigging out. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. That's a good that's a good catch by you. Yeah, so so once again, Marissa, you fucking suck. We hate you. You are the worst of the week. You're the worst of all time. You're the worst for making us hate Olivia Wilde. Fuck you. 
Be Free and Explore brought to you by Wicklow Wear. All right. MVP. Who you got? This one's easy. Julie Cooper. Okay. I will never, I will never begrudge you for for using her as an MVP because I love her. So two main things. The first one I, you definitely talked about with that that line on Alex. Just that's why we love her and we hate her. She's that was a hilarious line, and you're like, oh yeah, no, she is evil and mean, but we need her. She is the definition of that saying of that's why we love her and we hate her. Absolutely, she is the poster child for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, the second one, and more importantly, this is why she won MVP this week. She's going through a porn scandal right now. Potentially, oh, yeah, she her life could be ruined. Oh so yeah. So she's dealing with that with one hand. You know what she's most concerned about throughout most of this episode? Her daughter, Marissa. Oh, so you're giving it to her for her mom, her child rearing skills. She's got a full blown <laughs> porn scandal on her hands, and she's like getting Ryan like hey can you can you go talk to Marissa like I'm worried about her like can you kind of can you like help yeah. us out her yeah because her daughter what Marissa's not living at home she like ran away basically mm-hmm. and she's kind of letting her be mm-hmm. but she's also helping or like you know trying to she's concerned about her yeah yeah if my if my porn tape from the 80s ever comes out yeah and mm-hmm. at the same time my kid has a problem I'm you're focused to, on that yeah I'm gonna have to put the kid on hold for a little bit and, and deal with the porn scandal. Not Julie Cooper. She's an MVP. Man, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. If I ha- when when my porn tape from the '80s comes out, and that's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be devastating. Uh, I I literally would would go head first into uh, let's let's get this buttoned up. <laughs> exactly. Let's deal with this Lance <laughs> we'll guy. Put a pin in the Marissa thing. Figure out this Lance situation, and then we'll, maybe we'll come back to Marissa. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna let my 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 daughter just dabble into the into the lesbian realm for a, a, you know a week or two while I just sort of take care of some affairs that I have going Listen, on. It, it, nobody else besides her has figured out how to handle Marissa. She just knows like, just let her be, just do less. Hmm. Perfect place to wrap it is you're telling her to do less, and that's the way that you gotta deal with Marissa Cooper. That's exactly what we're going to tell the kids. So as we wrap it, we're going to say, have a great night, kids, but also do less. Do so much less. To hear more episodes, follow us at Vicarious Living on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.